the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. My name is Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry, and you're listening to Heart of the Word. That's our key verse for my life and for this program as we share the stories of people who have come to faith in the Lord and then out of that has grown a passion for ministry. My guest today is Cameron Yuri. He is the pastor of Renton Park Chapel. And Cameron, welcome to Heart of the City. Thank you so much, Chuck. It's good to be with you today. It is good to be with you. And uh, as I mentioned in the open, uh, I love to hear the stories of how the Lord has brought people into faith in in Him and a relationship with Him. And then out of that uh, comes the, the expression of love for the Lord in ministry. So, you and I just had the opportunity to meet uh, first thing today, so I'm getting to know you during this interview. And uh, you're, um, <clears throat> I, I saw on your website that uh, you're married, your wife's Ukrainian. Yes. And uh, how long have you been married? We uh, celebrated nine years of marriage yesterday. So, <laughs> congratulations! Yeah, all the all the fireworks were for us. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I understand. I understand. Well, let's go back uh, before you met your wife, whose name is Tatiana. Tatiana. Yes. And uh, tell me about uh, where you grew up. Well, I grew up uh, in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, my dad was a theology professor at a Christian college, so. I grew up kind of under his tutelage and uh, just uh, had the privilege of learning from him, um, went to a Christian school, and then after that felt the Lord calling me into ministry and continued my training at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. Interesting. So what was life, so was your dad at Taylor University or where was he at in South Bend? He was at Bethel College. Bethel College. Okay, Mm -hmm. interesting. So what was life growing up in a, well, he wasn't a pastor necessarily, but in a, in a, in a, in a home that knew the Lord? Uh, What was, uh, what was your, what was your childhood like? Well, it was, it was very, um, I am very blessed to have grown up into a, in, in a Christian home. Um, and to have parents who really modeled for me the love of Christ. And uh, it was special, you know, and my dad, he was very into strong Christian teaching. And I grew up knowing a lot of the right things, but um, there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and actually knowing Jesus. Uh So for me, it was kind of a process learning how to make my head knowledge heart knowledge Uh um, so that I'm not just just knowing and, and believing in Jesus cognitively, but I'm following Jesus with my heart. Interesting. So can you identify a specific time? Was that in your junior high years, or was it just kind of a progressive mm-hmm. situation for you? 
For me, I think it was more progressive. Um, it was, if you were to ask me at what point I was, I was uh, saved, it would be difficult for me to answer because much of my early life, I was very anxiety-driven. I was um, motivated in my religious walk um, by a fear of hell um, mm-hmm. rather than a love for the Savior. So I remember I would ask Christ into my life many, many times. Um, but it's, it was, it's only really more uh, later in my life as I became a you know, young adult and, and um, uh, that I really began to walk by faith, yeah. um, trusting in his work and not my work. Yeah. Um, so that's, that, and that's a, been a journey for me. And sometimes I still have to have the Holy Spirit speak into my life and say, hey, Cameron, you're, you're going down that legalistic path again. You need to embrace my work, yeah. what I've done for you. Well, I never regret growing up in a Christian family myself and, mm-hmm. and growing up in, in the faith uh, and being a part of church life my whole life. But the tendency for us that have been down that road is a performance base, isn't it? That we mm-hmm. we tend to see life as a as a performance and 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 uh work on our faithfulness towards the Lord. And that's why as I mentioned this scripture at the beginning, my life verse is from Psalm 37, verse 3, where it says, Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And I always say mm-hmm. that the first 40 years of my life, I dwelt on my faithfulness to the Lord. and the last 40 years, I'm going to dwell on his faithfulness to me. And the difference in that is really has to do with performance and, and his grace and his mercy and his love towards me. Absolutely. And so that's what we learn, don't we, yeah. as we as we mature in Christ. And we don't really experience true freedom until we release it into the control of God. You know, especially coming off of Fourth of July, what is the heart of freedom? The heart of freedom is not striving um for uh for heaven. It's it's releasing ourselves into the finished work of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, that becomes a part of your life and a part of your um, that understanding of the grace of God, and uh, you, you're in high school, maturing in, in Christ. What happens next for you? Um, well, you know, I was very influenced by uh, my grandparents um, on my father's side, Bill and Beth Urie. Um, they they really lived their Christian faith in a way that. Um, they would get up in the morning and they would pray for a couple hours a day. And of course, they were uh, they prayed for two things. They prayed for me to go into ministry, um, and they would also pray that I would be poor all my life, um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah. that I would never become dependent on my own things, uh-huh. but that I would be completely dependent on. Jesus and uh, he has uh, God has honored their <laughs> prayer request uh, for at least uh, much of my early ministry. Yeah, <laughs> I totally understand. And um, well, the the material things can get in the way at times of, of ministry if if you allow it. But uh, sometimes the Lord has uh, provisions for us in ways that we don't expect. But so well, he's when, certainly been faithful to us. Yeah, yeah. So you went to uh, Asbury College, mm-hmm. and uh, at, at that point, did you feel the call to ministry? I knew that I was supposed to go into some kind of ministry. I wasn't sure what. Um, I did ma- major in Bible theology, a pre-seminary. Um, after that, I thought, maybe I'll go to seminary. I'll take a year off. My grandparents uh, heard that I had kind of committed to that. Um, so they they said, no, come on, just ride with us. We're going to take you down to Jackson, Mississippi. And that's where 
my uncle, um, who's also in a radio ministry, um, but he's also a seminary professor. Um, I went and they took me and we went and visited that seminary. And the Lord really impressed upon my heart, um, though I didn't feel ready at that time. He's, he was saying, you know, don't worry. If you take the step of faith, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to empower you to, to do this, um, this seminary thing. Um, so I, I dove in. I'm glad that I did. I, I drew closer to the Lord during my time there. I met my wife there. Um, and if I hadn't come at that particular time, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have married her. Uh, so that, that was uh, a, real, a real act of God. Um, it's amazing how God uses other people, sometimes other people who have a clearer understanding than we do, uh, to give guidance and direction to our lives. Well, that is really important, isn't it, that, that uh, those of us who have a heritage of the Lord, whose families know the Lord, to be able to trust that input from, from, those, from those parents and grandparents who have prayed for you and and trusted the Lord for you, that you're not necessarily being controlled by them, but you're being influenced by their uh, by their own relationship with the Lord, and, and the Lord has helped guide you mm-hmm. in those relationships, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Tatiana, your wife, you mentioned, uh, from the Ukraine. So what? how did she get from, from Ukraine to, uh, to uh, seminary? Yeah, well, um, my wife's story is quite amazing. Um, she grew up uh, in absolute poverty in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, uh, there, her father was uh, incredibly abusive towards the family, and he he left them after having numerous affairs. He left very early in her life, um, and they struggled and they struggled. And there were a couple times that you know she can remember going a couple weeks without food um, mm. and just. Um, just a very difficult time for her. But um, her mom started going back to church. Um, and uh, during Soviet times, uh, Christian radio was actually illegal. Um, so they would, they would sit on the kitchen floor in the dark. Um, and if they found, if they could tune their radio just right, they could catch the trans world radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was then that uh, the seeds of the gospel began to be sown in my wife's life. Um, and, uh, she, uh, heard that Billy Graham was coming. Um, he came into the area. She went to a, one of his crusades. She was saved, um, which was pretty amazing because my, um, my grandfather, um, on my dad's side, Bill Urey, um, he served with Billy Graham on many of his crusades. Um, but he also worked for trans world radio stationed in Asia, which is kind of interesting how, you know, our world's kind of intersected a little bit. But yeah. um, my wife found the Lord. Um, God told her to go to college. Um, she started going to college. She couldn't afford it. She tried to work a couple jobs uh, while going to college, but they told her, you know, stop coming to class. You, you know, you don't have the money to pay. Um, but the Lord told her to keep going, and she did, and nobody said boo to her. <laughs> so she just kept attending classes. Eventually the Lord made financial provision for her to be able to graduate then she went on to become a professor at that same college. Um, and then having come into contact with some missionary friends of ours, uh, she, uh, she made the journey to the U.S. to continue her ed- education and then eventually to Wesley Biblical Seminary where we met. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development, and my guest today is Cameron Urey. 
He's the pastor at uh, Renton Park Chapel. So you met, you fell in love, decided to get married, and 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 ministry was a call for both of you, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So did you decide on on pastoral uh, being a senior pastor or youth ministry, or what was your progression for that? Well, after after we got married and uh, graduated from seminary, um, you know, my wife suggested that I I pursue um, pastoral ministry uh, in in particularly in the avenue of the Association of Independent Methodists. Um, and I was, you know, considering maybe a, a youth pastor position or associate pastor position, but I met with a, uh, the director at that organization, and he said, hey, we have a church for you. Um, can you would you consider taking a church? And I, once again, I did not feel equipped. Um, I was like, well, I'm really not looking to get into that. I'm not, I don't know if I'm cut out for that. But he said, just check it out. Um, and I did, and it became pretty clear that that's what the Lord wanted us to do, was to go into pastoral ministry, and he was faithful to us. And he, every step of the way, um, he filled in the gap um, and, and really empowered us to, to do that kind of ministry. And I have fallen in love with it. I yeah. have fallen, I've fallen in love with the people, um, with, with the teaching, with just getting to know people on an intimate and spiritual level. And in a way, being um, a sub-shepherd of hmm. their life. Yeah. You know. How old were you when that started, Cameron? Uh, that would have been about uh, about seven years ago now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, a young man, and and you're starting uh, pastoral ministry. What what uh, what goes on? Well, you've already said it. You felt ill-equipped. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good place to be, actually, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because when you feel equipped, uh, you're working on your own strength and Absolutely. your own your own understanding. And mm-hmm. if there's anyone that's been in pastoral ministry for very long, you know that you've got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit Absolutely. to lead and guide. Because if you're working in your own strength, you're gonna you're gonna uh, wear out pretty fast, aren't you? I remember I remember um, one time I got up to preach, um, and I'll just be honest. I don't know how many other pastors can relate to me, but. There was a moment where, you know, I was pressed for time, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't really need to pray. I got this. Uh. Um, and right at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke into my life. He said, no, you don't. You need my presence. And yeah. I stopped, and I immediately submitted it to him. Yeah. Um, and, I've, and throughout my ministry, I've learned if I can keep close with him um, and make it, you know, realize it's him working through me. It's not my sermon. You know, you can go to seminary to learn how to preach sermons. But you have to go to God to get messages. Yeah. You know, it's His anointing that makes all the difference and has made all the difference in my ministry. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's I think the the struggle. I think the average person who's been in a congregation but doesn't really understand that tension that a pastor has when they're preparing to preach, when they're uh, getting ready to deliver a message, all of that. There's this typically this internal battle between uh, your head and your heart, and is God really saying this? Is What is it he wanting to proclaim through me? And there is that tension, isn't there? And mm-hmm. sometimes that tension's even after the fact. After you've delivered the message, you're kind of like, man, I didn't make it this time, or it didn't, it didn't really come off like I thought I was supposed yeah. to. And there's just that, and that's part of just being a passer, isn't it? Absolutely. And sometimes you just um, it's very tempting for pastors to feel like failures after they 
after they've preached because you, once you've encountered the living word of God, you, you can't really ever do it justice, you know? So mm-hmm. you can never walk away feeling like, oh, that, that did that passage justice. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. The, more, the more I learn about Scripture, the more I realize I don't know and how inadequate yeah. um, you know, my preaching is. But the Lord's gracious, and he, His Holy Spirit uh, you know, fills in the gaps. Yeah. Well, I, uh, uh, again, I think, and I've experienced this many times, where the Lord has used a word that I've had to, to share with a, with a, in a teaching or with a congregation— and afterwards, my emotional state is not euphoric. Mm-hmm. I'm the other direction. Usually mm-hmm. when I've felt a sense of the Lord's presence in a thing that I've delivered, I get depressed. Mm-hmm. I have a bad day the next day as far mm-hmm. as my own emotional makeup. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, people are, that don't understand, they think, what is that about? Yeah. But those of us that have experienced that know that just as you explained it, you you recognize your own weakness, and if the Lord's used you, you are even more humbled, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And you recognize that it's His Word. It's definitely not your own strength. Yes. yes. <laughs> so true. It is. It is. So tell me about uh, uh, Renton Bible, uh, Renton Park Chapel. Tell me about well, your church. Renton Park, uh, Renton Park Chapel, um, my wife and I, we just started ministering there um, back in January. Um, so it's it's a new ministry for us, but we're already um, just because of how family oriented the church is. They have welcomed us with open arms, and we already feel close with a lot of them. And that's how you know a lot of our visitors feel when they come in. They just wow, this feels like a family. And um, so it, it is. It's a wonderful church, um, very much centered on the Word of God. And uh, the purpose statement of the church is just that, sharing the joy of hearing and doing God's Word. Um, And I love that because the Word of God is a joy. It's a joy to read. It's a joy to meditate on and to internalize, but also to um, take out into the world and Mm -hmm. share with people. Yeah. One of the things that you uh, mentioned to me uh, is that just recently you had an event for kids and that you're a uh, you like to do magic tricks. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, well, that was my hobby growing up as a kid. I actually had a magic shop in town, um, and I would go, and uh, I would pester the employees there to show me magic tri- magic tricks all the time. And um, eventually I you know, bought and learned a lot of those tricks. And uh, uh, when I would come into that magic shop, they would, uh, they would sometimes turn things over to me if they had customers. And I would actually perform some of the tricks there and actually help them. Though I was unpaid, I would help them sell, <laughs> sell magic tricks. It was just fun. I just enjoyed it. But um, I became a member of the Fellowship of Christian Magicians um, many years ago and uh, have since used it as a tool to engage with kids and even even adults um, with, with the gospel of Christ. Yeah. How do you do that? What do you, what do you, what do, you do? Well, uh, sometimes I'll use a magic trick to tell a story or sometimes break the ice. You know, it's uh, even I remember during my time in Israel, um, I took took a trip there, uh, did magic tricks for people. And there was a a language barrier, you know, Uh didn't speak the language, but they could still understand what was going on in that trick. So it gives you a a point of connection with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it does, especially for kids, but adults too, doesn't it? I mean, adults can be just as intrigued by the sleight of hand or whatever whatever trick that you're doing, and uh, yeah. it, you're right. It does, it's kind of an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are you preaching on now? What's uh, what's happening with you now? Well, I like to um, preach very exegetically, you know, so I'll oftentimes pick a book of the Bible and just get as deep into it as I can and uh, preach through that particular book. Um, lately at our church, we've been actually going through the ministry of Christ in chronological order hmm. um, from beginning to end. And that's been, I think, uh, exciting, you know, just to see how Jesus calls these young men um, and and they get to be part of his discipleship group. They get to sit under Jesus' teaching. And Jesus was um, unlike any other rabbi they had ever seen or heard of. He was different. He was um, exciting, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Everybody um, could recognize there was an authority on his life. Um, and we're, we're talking a lot in our uh, recent um, weeks together about this authority um, of God on the life of Jesus mm-hmm. um, and how he acts um, as the son of God uh, powerfully um, and how he cleanses our hearts. And that's really kind of one of the themes of my ministry is I want people to understand that Jesus can cleanse our hearts, um, that we don't have to live in bondage to sin, um, that God can set us free um, by the infilling of his Holy Spirit. The very first miracle that Jesus performs, he performs on these wedding pots mm-hmm. in Cana. Um, the Jews were focused on cleaning the hands, the external. Jesus touches something on the inside of these cleansing pots. Um, and uh, Jesus also, he wants to touch something inside of us. He wants to touch our hearts. He wants to change our hearts, our minds. Um, so it's the transformed life that I think is the heart of freedom. If yeah. we can have a life that's yielded to the Holy Spirit fully, we're going to have fulfillment to no end, um, freedom to no end. Yeah. That's the heart of the gospel. Well, tell me about, uh, you've got an event coming up at the end of the summer, and we've got about uh, three minutes left here. So just tell me a little bit about what you're doing uh, at the end of August uh, with your church. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, well, we will be uh, having inflatables at our church. Uh, we'll be having a magic show for the kids and snacks and uh, water fun. We have we often uh, you know do door prizes that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so we just we just want to get people together just to have fun just, mm-hmm. and just to uh, get to know people in the neighborhood and the surrounding area and just have people come and have a blast. Yeah, and get to hear a little a little message about Jesus. You know, usually while I do the magic show, I'll I'll I use it kind of an uh, an object lesson. And um, but yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and what's the date for that? Uh, it is going to be August 25th from 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock. So the it's on 20th, Saturday. It's a Saturday. Okay. Yes. August 25th. And uh, give, give me, uh, give the listener the address for the church. And it's at the church? Yes. Okay. Um, it's written Park Chapel. Uh, the address is 16760 128th Avenue Southeast. And that's Renton, Washington, 98058. Yeah. Well, if people want to know more about uh, Renton Park Chapel, uh, you can go to rentonparkchapel.org. That's the website, rentonparkchapel.org. And uh, I think the uh, the email address, if you want to reach out to uh, Cameron, is rentonparkchapel at gmail.com. That's rentonparkchapel at gmail.com. And so, uh, Cameron... We've got about one minute left, so I'd just love for you to kind of wrap things up as you've as you've shared your heart, as you've shared your story. Um, 
if people come to your church this coming Sunday or the next Sunday, what would you like for them to experience? The presence of Jesus. I don't think people are going to come to church uh, or, or should want to come to church to hear me speak. They should want to come to hear Jesus. And if he can use me um, in my preaching, that's great. But we want, we want to point people to Jesus. And a lot of times the way people experience Jesus is through, uh, through us, um, mm-hmm. through how we live, how we show them love. And I can honestly say I feel our church is a very loving church, and we would love um, for anybody who would want to to come and just share the joy of experiencing Christ together. Amen. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Heart of the City. Our, my guest today is uh, Cameron Yuri. He's the pastor of Renton Park Chapel. And again, the website to uh, get more information about Renton Park Chapel is um, rentonparkchapel.org. If you'd like to listen to this interview again or listen to any of the interviews on Heart of the City, you can go to thewordseattle.com and click on Local Programs. You'll see Heart of the City and My Smiling Picture, and then click on Podcasts. And all of the interviews that I've done throughout the last couple of years are available. To this 820 AM, the Word special, Heart of the City. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the Word, call Chuck Olmstead, 206-269-6216, or go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.